Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. medical treatment that we would think about is puberty blockers. Um, and so we have to think a little bit about what are the risks and benefits of, of starting a young person um, like our on puberty blockers. So the benefits are that it can delay um, irreversible secondary sex characteristics. So for example, a young person who is born assigned um, female sex but who identifies as male if we can you know, get them into our clinic and block their puberty as soon as they start, they will never develop breast tissue and then they will never later need to have um, top surgery. Also, they will never have to have the trauma of going through a puberty um, that they don't identify with. The other benefits of the blockers are that they are, as I mentioned, fully reversible. Um, and this allows some time for the young person to mature and be ready to make more decisions that may be more irreversible. The idea that puberty blockers are fully reversible is the kind of thing that should make you scream. That someone could actually say this, and this is how they're luring children into this world. Here, do this. Here, try this. Here, it's okay. You'll be safe. Nadia Dauschen, co-director of a gender clinic called the, of all things, the CHOP Gender Clinic. That she's a doctor, I'm just supposed to sit back? And say nothing? Well, Tony, you're not a professional. She's an expert. She's an expert at something, all right. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com. 833-GOT-TONY. That is the number. 833-468-8669. That is the number. I mean, I keep having these run-ins with the ACLU. On social media, they they can't simply leave well enough alone. No, I take that back. They can't not attack women and children. Trans girls and women play sports for the same reason as everyone else. To be part of a team, to learn sportsmanship, and to challenge themselves. Tell Congress, protect trans kids' rights to play. Do you think that's the conversation? Do you know what kind of lying fraud you have to be to make that the conversation? That's not the conversation, and we all know it. The conversation is boys are not girls and girls are not boys, and you should not have men playing in women's sports. And it's about when you do that, you're marginalizing women. My response was simple. Stop marginalizing women. Stop abusing and manipulating children. Just stop. Here's this doctor. It's important to get kids puberty blockers because not only are the effects fully reversible, wait for it. Um, And probably most importantly, because most of the time the kids actually know who they are from a really young age, it gives parents um, time to get on board. You see, the kid knows. 
millennia after millennia of development of humanity. The kid just knows because they decided they know, so they should take medicines to change themselves, and then by doing all this, the parents can slowly be converted into being okay with it all. This is an argument for forget the parent, leave them behind, let children do what they want. If you don't understand this as the abuse of children, I say this very clearly, uh, we're not going to be friends and I'm okay with that. I'm going to sleep fine. If you're okay with the idea of children engaging puberty blockers because the effects are totally reversible, and if you do that, it'll give you time uh, to get your parents on board, but you don't have to worry about your parents. Um, You're a weirdo. You like abusing kids. You want to abuse kids. I don't know how else to say it. What's the correct terminology there? But you and I are not believers in the same society. In that I'm a believer in a society, in a civil society, one that protects children. Lord only knows what you're about. As was Dr. Nadia Daushin, I don't know anything about Nadia Daushin, an adolescent medicine specialist, um, according to um, this year out of Philadelphia, co-director of Gender and Sexuality Development Clinic at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Well, CHOP, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Just in case you were wondering what she's all about, she is clearly about clearly about providing surgeries to children, confusing children in my view, and of course trying to get them to pretend they are something they are not. I didn't say how you dress. I didn't say uh, how you act. I didn't say what you call yourself. None of that. We're talking about the physical changes. The irreversible physical changes and the idea that somehow this is all reversible and it's fine and it's no big deal um you want to believe that doctor you're more than welcome to but you're out of your head out of your head now out of your head can apply in a lot of different places this is jennifer granholm jennifer granholm is the Secretary of Energy, and Jennifer Granholm was a terrible governor in Michigan, and she is equally ridiculous here. I mean ridiculous. And of course, the most ridiculous people get promoted up. There's a real move to try and get Gretchen Whitmer, the um, the governor of, of Michigan right now, there's a real move to try and see if she can run for president. Gretchen Whitmer who's now uh, talking about lockdown, saying, ah, maybe this wasn't necessary, that wasn't necessary. But, you know, it's not like we needed a bunch of people during COVID uh, gathering and buying gardening tools. Besides, it was the winter. No one gardens in Michigan in the winter anyway. Defending your, uh, your radicalness and your authoritarianism, that's one thing. But this is Secretary Granholm, the energy secretary, discussing what we can learn from China when combating climate change. But I think China has done, um, has been very sensitive. 
and has actually invested a lot in their solutions uh, to achieve their goals. So we're, we're hopeful that, you know, we can all learn from what China is doing, but the amount of money that they're investing in clean energy is actually, you know, uh, encouraging. Do you know how diseased you have to be to say that out loud? The idea that we could learn from China, that China is somehow green or clean or anything else. I'm not a believer in the idea of bought and paid for. I, when people talk about bought and paid for, oh, yeah, well, you're just you're just a mouthpiece for this and a mouthpiece for that. I, I, I get it said about me, and of course it's not true. So therefore, I, I apply it out. I'm like, there's just no way. After that, I have no idea what to do. We can learn from China is the kind of thing you'd see in the South China Post, is the kind of thing you'd see from Chinese propagandists, and you'd say, okay, these people are, of course, trying to sell a bill of goods. That's all they are. They're liars. If they were just so decent and so much to learn from, why is the UK boosting their defense spending? You've got the prime minister, Rishi Sunak, discussing how they're increasing the amount of money they're going to spend and how concerned they are that China might be providing weaponry to Russia. Prime Minister, the U.S. is concerned that China may provide weapons to Russia with regard to the Ukraine war. If that were to happen, what should the response be? That would be a very worrying and dangerous development. And I think the, the strong message that the U.K., the U.S. and all countries have said to China, but to any country, is, is not to support Russia in this conflict. They are clearly an aggressor. They have broken the law. What they're doing is appalling. And you know, no other countries should be trying to support them. Which is the truth. China is the aggressor. China is the enemy. China does lock up its people, torture its people, enslave its people. It doesn't matter that LeBron thinks you should get educated. LeBron needs some education in a very serious way. But now he can go to class with Jenny. I'm sorry, Secretary Granholm. I was going with the first names. Secretary Granholm and LeBron James can go to class together, learning about the threat that is China and how they aren't a green nation. The pollution is massive. If you want to know why they may be working on green energy solutions, it's so they don't have a dependence on anybody else to move forward their war machine efforts. There's a whole conversation about the work they're doing in Latin America, the amount of times they've vis- visited Latin America, how concerning this is to the United States because they're trying to gain a foothold in our backyard. This is not because they want a kumbaya world. And only the most ignorant amongst us believes that they do. Enter Jennifer Granholm. The idea that China is somehow a nation to look up to is such radical propaganda that she should be forced to resign today. As a matter of fact, Joe Biden should fire her just for that statement. You're trying to be tough on China. May, or maybe it's the other way. That's why they're able to send balloons over. Look at the, the kind of people they have in the cabinet. 
just lapdogging after lapdogging on China. Maybe this is why they think that they're allowed to lecture Secretary Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, on human rights abuses. Tell that to the Uyghur Muslims. Tell that to the total history of China from Mao forward. These people. I'm looking forward to getting adults back in the room who recognize that green should not be our focus. I didn't say it couldn't be a focus. I said it should not be our focus, meaning the focus, meaning the number one cult by which an entire political party maneuvers itself. Because it's a really bad idea. Really ignorant and really bad. These aren't the only stories going on, but in, in in this conversation, so much going on about Silicon Valley Bank. And let me tell you something. I don't know where the market's going to end up. They've been everywhere. They started down. They were up over 250 points. They're now up 27. I don't know what to do with this. There's a whole conversation that mortgage rates have tanked uh, because of what took place with Silicon Valley Bank. The bank getting into some very, very bad practices. No one engaging some regulation on the bank side, never mind from the regulator side. You're seeing other banks drop 60%. First Republic has dropped 60%. But I, I keep saying I'm not, I'm just not panicked. Uh, and, and, and as always, you, you got to do what's best for you. Don't listen to me <laughs> when it comes to your financial future. I'm just, I'm just not in a panic. I'm not. I want to see what happens next. And for some people, uh, they're looking at a chance to uh, rejuvenate. Like, for example, Playboy. I've got that story coming up. This is Tony Katz today. So it's a United Airlines flight, New Jersey to Vermont. And it was flight 3613, took off from Newark, that's New Jersey, 65 passengers for a flight to Burlington, Burlington International Airport. And the next thing you know, the pilot is getting notified of a threat 20 minutes before landing. All we know is that someone left a note in the bathroom of the airplane. Pilot notifies air traffic control. Emergency response launched at the airport, which was closed for hours. Plane landed and was taken on the tarmac well, well away from everything else. Vermont State Police, bomb squad, local police, Department of Homeland Security, and the FBI. People had to walk off the plane. Canine units brought in. They weren't allowed to take their belongings off the plane. 
according to one of the passengers who's actually a state senator, sniffed up and down the plane, sniffed every passenger. I don't know how they got Joe Biden there, but that's pretty impressive. Uh, by the way, this is a real story. I'm just telling you what what uh, what what happened. I mean, this is crazy. I don't know what the note said, right? Because people do dumb things, right? We've seen many people do many, many, many dumb things. How does one differentiate between the dumb thing and the serious thing? Like, what is what is the differentiator? What is it? That, that that tells somebody, okay, this is serious, or okay, this isn't, or is it always? Well, we're gonna we're gonna err on the side of caution, and so the entire plane is gonna have to spend a couple hours in the most remote remote area of the tarmac. You understand how fragile the system is. I did a story on uh, Eat, Drink, Smoke, my cigar and bourbon show. EatDrinkSmokeShow.com and get the podcast and subscribe. Greatly appreciate it. It was a story about how foil balloons, there are there are communities that want to do away with foil balloons and even states that want to do away with them. You know what I'm talking about. Like, like for your birthday, you know, it's someone's birthday, it's the 50th birthday, whatever it is, and you got the big five zero, and it's those foil uh, balloons. Um. They want to do away with them because a foil balloon, if it is released into the air and hits a power line, can short out the power grid. The entire power grid can be ended by basically a balloon shaped like Elmo. That's really, like, that. that's frightening. That we live on this on this kind of razor's edge. That everything can just fall apart in a matter of moments. Thankfully, we have Playboy to put everything back into a proper place and make everything better. So thank you, Playboy. Thank you. You are greatly, greatly uh, uh, appreciated. Yes! Yes! Now, the story goes that Playboy is relaunching as a digital first publication, and their plan is to take on OnlyFans. I didn't realize that Playboy had st- had stopped printing in in 2020. I thought, I thought they were still going. The publication will serve as an entry to Playboy's creator platform which the brand is selling as elevated, safe, and exclusive alternative to OnlyFans. So there will be Playboy creators who will post adult and non-adult content on their pages, giving subscribers exclusive access into their lives and grace the magazine's online covers. Now, I have told you, in a no-joking manner, I want to create an OnlyFans page for smoking cigars. And I would basically be the Yule Log of cigar smokers. Full suit, Leather chair, sit down, light the cigar, smoke the cigar, never talk to the audience, never even acknowledge the camera. You got to admit that that kind of thing would be more adept. My cigars and bourbon 
for Playboy. If I did it with my home station, my home company, would they be upset? Like, is that like seen as a negative? Because Playboy, I mean, OnlyFans is bigger, but I could see it more connected to the Playboy brand. Meanwhile, everybody's going to the dance. Let's break down some chances. That's coming up next. I'm Tony Katz. So the bracket is made, people. It's time to place your bets, which it seems to be the only reason we have college basketball to begin with. It's the only reason people care is so they can place their bets. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Look at that. You got the play-in games. My Arizona State Sun Devils, you know, I'm not a graduate of Arizona State, but I went to Arizona State. Does that make me an alumnist? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I'm a Sun Devil. Does that, am I an alumni of Arizona State if I never graduated? I don't, I don't know. Are you really an alumnist if they've never asked you for money? Because Arizona State has never asked me for money. The brackets out there, people. You'll have the play-in games, which uh, take place uh, on Tuesday, really. I mean, actually, Monday and Tuesday, the play-in games. To, no, Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, the play-in games take place. And then uh, on Thursday, you will start the tournament. And right there, kids, there's Purdue in the number one. Purdue, number one in the East, winning the Big Ten. Now this, by the way, if you don't want to know where Penn State is, Penn State, I believe, was the 10 seed there in the Midwest. So they may once again meet up with IU because IU is the four seed on the men's side. Uh, IU women, they're, they're, they're the top seed. They're the top seed. Purdue women are a play-in. They have to play in to be able to play. They, they have a tough road. I mean, even that first game, they, they've got a, a tough road. But I, I was had the chance to speak with JMV from 93.5107.5, the fan. He is the voice of sports in Indiana. And you take a look at the IU men. You take a look at that fourth seed position there in the Midwest where Houston is number one. You ask yourself, is that where you thought it would play out? No, Tony, I thought everything kind of fell right into place for both Purdue and IU as far as my expectations. And, you know, we'll see how the matchups go. Because as we've talked about before, I think the landscape of college basketball nationwide kind of is, to me, mirror images what we saw in the Big Ten. And you've got some upper echelon teams, but nobody's really that far away from anybody else. I'll be honest with you, this is as wide open of a tournament as I think we have seen in a while. So there's really nobody that feels safe out of this. But at the same time, I think both the Boilermaker fans and the Hoosier fans are probably happy where they go into this tournament, where they are, where they're seated. It's just going to depend upon how they play. Certainly with Purdue from a guard standpoint, with the way they handled the pressure yesterday of that press of Penn State was ugly down the stretch. And then IU just looking for any help whatsoever on a consistent basis for Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah, uh, taking a look, by the way, Penn State is the 10 seed in, in the Midwest, and and their run in the Big Ten was, I, I would argue, quite impressive, JMV. Uh, but you take a look at where IU is, um, right? And you take, and that's also in, in the Midwest region. Then you take a look yeah. at uh, Purdue in the East, and you're like, well, there's no question that based on who you, you take a look at the brackets, this the possibility of both of them sweet 16 is 
Nears approaching one, like it's that's a very doable thing. Uh, getting to the final four or getting to that round of eight, that's a different thing. True or false? Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, and you look at IU, for example, Tony. IU, they get Kent State, the MAC champion. Rob Cinderhoff is the former assistant here that not a lot of Hoosier fans like because he was caught up in all that stuff with Kelvin Sampson. He was assistant when Kelvin Sampson got into trouble back in the day here. So that will be an interesting matchup or at least a sidebar to an interesting matchup. And then if you want to look ahead a little bit, they would play the winner if they were to win of – Drake and Miami and Miami's big guys a little bit dinged up. I think I heard their head coach Jim Laranega say that he is day to day. Um, so I would assume that he would play just by that statement alone. And then Drake out of the Missouri Valley Conference, that conference is champion. I had picked them to win a couple of games. They may upset. That may be upset pick over Miami in round number one right there. So IU, I mean, you get to the second round. Who knows? Both teams, I think. IU has a really good chance at Miami's guard play can be tough on IU and their guard, certainly. But I don't think Hoosier fans could ask for a better opportunity to advance to a Sweet 16 by virtue of what they saw in that bracket yesterday. You take a look at what Purdue is facing, um, and you realize that they may be facing Duke in the Sweet 16. Um, Is that a matchup that works for Purdue? Well, it did earlier this year. I don't know if it would now because Duke is a lot better right now, Tony. You've seen the growth in Duke and John Shire, their first-year head coach, as this season has gone along here. Thing for Purdue, Purdue does have a constant, and does it concern me and Purdue fans, their guard play? Yeah, and they're in a similar category as IU where they're constantly looking for help for Zach Eady. How about David Jenkins? the transfer was just absolutely huge for Purdue in that tournament. Knockdown threes when others could not knock down threes was more of a certain consistent presence at the guard position. And we'll see with Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer, especially the lawyer and his jump shot that has completely disappeared, uh, if they can get back to where they were at the beginning of the Big Ten. But everybody, Tony, has questions. I mean, across the board, everybody has serious issues that they're going to have to overcome and Purdue and IU here locally are two teams just like that but you know again it's wide open as wide open as I've seen it in a while and you get on a run knock down some shots like you saw and you alluded to Penn State in the Big Ten Conference Tournament who knows where you might be able to get talking to JMV from 93.5-1075 the fan the voice of sports in Indiana and the IU women the number one seed I mean, for them, I mean, the play has been just surreal. And, and some losses, just a couple losses that I don't think should have happened. Uh, and I don't think they should think should have happened. Um, this is a team that is built to take a championship. What's the take? Yeah, Tony, there's no doubt about that. You're absolutely right. Now, listen, losing sucks. We both know that. Nobody wants to lose. But you can make an argument that the way that they lost to Ohio State and their conference tournament semifinals after having a 20-point lead disappear in the second half, you could argue that for a team that is built for a Final Four, certainly as IU and the women's team is right now, that that could either, either serve as a wake-up call or maybe a little bit of a motivational chip on the shoulder. I'm not suggesting they didn't have that already, but it was almost like this thing could validate a, all right, you guys have been really good 
but you got to reset this thing right now, and you have to play up to these standards every moment when you're on the floor because that was another breakdown against Ohio State. I don't expect that to happen again. I expect that to be more of a motivation, Tony, for a group that has been built for this, from Grace Berger to Mackenzie Holmes to the transfer in in Sydney Parish. You look around that lineup, they have weapons everywhere. They absolutely should make it to the Final Four. That's my expectation, and maybe that loss will serve a purpose after all. As you go back to the men's bracket and take a look at it, uh, IU, you take a look at Purdue and, and what they're fighting against, your odds that a Final Four includes either one? I got Purdue in my Final Four, Tony. In fact, my Final Four includes Arizona, Purdue, Texas, and Gonzaga. Now, I don't have Purdue advancing to the championship game, but I have them in the Final Four. And again, I know it's a little bit sketchy, and I know I watch their guard play. I, I watched Matt Painter describe them as the Keystone Cops, and you know this is stuff they work on all the time, I know. I, maybe that's just kind of who they are against the press. I think you also have that. But I, I think that they have enough, and they have one of those defining players that is so difficult to stop. I like Purdue's opportunity to get to the Final Four, where I believe they will face Arizona. And the other side, you get Texas and Gonzaga. National title game, Arizona, Gonzaga. And it's weird, because Gonzaga's probably got the fifth-best team they've had in Spokane, Washington, in the past 10 or so years. But I think Gonzaga and Drew Timmy, I think they're going to cut down the nets when it's all said and done. I think the Zags win it all. I'm not with them there. JMV, I love you, Boo Boo. I am not with you there. That's right, Boo Boo or Boo Bear or Kitten all apply. Uh, we're going to get into it again. We're really going to break these brackets down later uh, this week and where we think this is all going to play out. I didn't get a chance to ask him about the Colts and the freaking Bears trade. The trade the Bears made with the Panthers, basically um, uh, the, the, the Bears are going to trade down and the Panthers are going to get the first round pick. And to do so, the Panthers gave up their soul. Honestly, there's everything in this deal going to Chicago except someone's firstborn male child. It's nuts. Nuts. And then there's this whole conversation for, for those of us in Indiana. Where does this leave the Colts? You, you had Jim Irsay talking big about Bryce Young, Alabama. You had a lot of people discussing C.J. Stroud, uh, Ohio State. You saw Richardson really move up because of what went, went on in the combine. Was he Florida? See, Florida. Yeah, and then, of course, there's Will Levis, Kentucky, and you're like, well, maybe the plan was Levis all, all the way around. And JMV is a guy who believes that uh, Chris Ballard was always a guy into Will Levis, and that's exactly who he wanted, so there was no need to trade up. Are, are, you, are, you, are you sure? Are you sure you're sure you're sure? Okay. Okie dokie. We're going to see whether or not uh, they are just geniuses. Let me look this up right here. Bears-Panthers trade. Here's the deal that Carolina made to get the first pick in the draft. And by the way, if you're Coach Frank Reich, you're like, see, this is this is awesome. Could he have gotten Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard to do this? That's a, that's a solid question. All right. So the Panthers get the first pick in the 2023 draft. The Bears got the ninth pick in the 2023 draft, the 61st pick 
in the 2023 draft, a 2024 first-round pick, a 2025 second-round pick, and DJ Moore on a three-year deal. And the Panthers are going to pay $14.6 million in dead cap for more in 2023. You tell me. Chicago didn't walk away looking huge. And if you're Justin Fields, the quarterback for for the Bears, you're like, oh, I guess this is my team. I guess we don't have to worry now. Fascinating, this trade. Because you're you're almost left with what was the trade? Was the trade to um to Minnesota? Wasn't that the horrible trade deal? I mean, I have in front of me, like, the, the worst trades in NFL history. And, of course, it includes the Chargers trading up for Ryan Leaf. They didn't know, dude. Uh, I just I want to leave that dude alone so much. The Bears in 97 getting Rick Meyer for a first-round pick. The Rams trading Jerome Bettis. That, that, that's all up there. 1990, the Colts trade up for Jeff George. Here it is. Here it is. 1990. The Vikings acquire Herschel Walker for five players and eight draft picks. That's what I was thinking of. That's the one. It's like, what in the world? And that was oh, a good list. The Bucks trade Steve Young to San Francisco. See, that was not a bad trade because he could not have been Steve Young in Tampa Bay. And if you're like, well, you're playing with Vinny Testaverde and he wasn't any good, no one would have been good. It was Tampa Bay. I'll break it down with JMV in the days ahead, and we'll break down these brackets as well. Find everything TonyCats.locals.com. This is Tony Katz today. You know, not everything is doom and gloom out there. Oh, no, 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 no. There is good news in the world. Tony Katz, uh, Tony Katz today. And some of it involves people recognizing that they have rights. And now... Another Second Amendment success story. You don't say you're sorry when you shoot someone. On Tony Katz Today. Now, to be a Second Amendment success story does not mean that somebody got killed. That's kind of crazy, if you ask me. That's not that's not how I uh, deem success. But when people utilize their Second Amendment rights... In order to stay safe, ah, that makes me very, very happy. The story is out of Philadelphia, as um, many of these stories are. You've got this guy by the name of Joel. That's actually his, his last name, Henry Joel. He's 71, and he went out in northern Philadelphia at 11.15 in the evening to pick up Chinese food, which, oddly enough, makes perfect sense. Now, I don't know how well North Philadelphia is known for its Chinese food, but sometimes you need some Kung Pao chicken, and I am not here to judge anybody. I live in America. You should be able to get wonton soup whenever you want it. That's the kind of country I want to live in. Henry Joel is talking to ABC, the local affiliate out there, and uh, he's like, look, I carry a pistol in my pocket everywhere I go. Just in case I have to pull it out, I keep my hand on my pistol. Now, someone's going to say, wow, you're really paranoid. Or you're really aware of where it is you live and what's going on. You got to love the anti-gun Zeldas always like, oh, you're paranoid. Oh, you have all those guns in the house. Must be compensating for something. They mean you have a small penis. 
I don't know what that means for my mother because she carries a firearm, but neither here nor there. Yes, this is the show that will say all the things. Of course you're carrying a firearm. You want to be able to protect and defend yourself and the ones you love. You want to be able to have it when the moment calls for it, not that you're looking for a reason to use it. So you carry a firearm. He's walking down the street, going to grab his Chinese food. Next thing you know, two guys come out from a breezeway. They pull a weapon. Mr. Joel, Henry Joel, pulls his revolver and they exchange gunfire. He got shot in the ankle. He went to Temple University Hospital in stable condition. He's like, I don't know if I hit one of them, but I'm pretty sure I hurt them because they were in the area I was at, basically, and I got shot in the bottom part of my leg, which broke my bone. That's him talking about it. He's very calm. He's very calm for a guy who was just in like a, like a shootout. He is licensed to carry because he works in security. Well, I believe everyone should be licensed to carry regardless of where they work. They should go get themselves trained. That's the right thing to do. People who are anti-Second Amendment will never acknowledge that this man is alive because he had the ability to protect and defend himself. Why are they opposed to it? Why do they want Henry Joel to be a statistic? Why do they want my mother to be a statistic? Why are they so into this? That's how you have to address it. That's how you have to discuss it with the anti-gun zealots, these gun-grabbing freaks. Why do you want my mom to be a statistic? Make it very, very personal, because after all, it is. And I'm sure it would have been for Henry Joel's family. This is a Second Amendment success story because a guy was trained and utilized his rights and was able to come out with the outcome of going home alive and hopefully still being able to get some egg rolls. I mean, give me his address. I'll send him the egg rolls right now. This is Tony Katz today.